Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded and expects to hit 6 million listens by the end of July 2023. We're celebrating this success by recognizing those who have shared the journey with us and giving them the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing success of the shows. By buying a paper copy of the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a donation to help the ongoing running costs, members of the international Italian wine community will be given the chance to nominate future guests and even enter a prize draw to have lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. To find out more, visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Cynthia Chaplin, and this is Voices. Every Wednesday, I will be sharing conversations with international wine industry professionals, discussing issues in diversity, equity, and inclusion through their personal experiences working in the field of wine. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your pods. Hello, and welcome to Voices. This is Cynthia Chaplin, and today I am very excited to welcome Beth Brickenden to the show. Beth has worked at the forefront of London's wine scene with some of the most celebrated restaurants, wine bars, chefs. She has a degree in drama and theater arts, and she holds WSET Level 3 Award in Wines. But the real reason I wanted to get her on Voices is due to her recent career path in alternative wine tastings, which really appealed to me. She now has her own company called My Corkscrew and I, creating unusual and accessible tasting events for corporate and public and private clients. And in 2019, she founded Drag and Wine, where she teams up with drag queen Vanity Von Glow for some incredibly fun and outrageous wine tasting. So I'm super excited to talk about this, Beth. Thank you for coming on the show today. <laughs> Thank you so much. What a wonderful introduction. Well, it's always a pleasure when I have guests on that I'm really excited about, um, which is 99% of the time. But um, when I, I sort of stumbled across an article about you and I thought, oh my God, this is just amazing. I have to talk to you. So I know you came from a solid background in the hospitality industry, and you were working as the wine director for um, Street Feast and Fiend and uh, lots of other places well known across London. So what gave you the idea to move into alternative tastings? I mean, I know your mission is creating alternative wine tasting events and removing proverbial white tablecloths. I'm 100% into this idea. So how did you move from sort of traditional hospitality into alternative tastings? Um, oh gosh, well, I suppose I have always found the humor in hospitality and the characters behind hospitality and the characters that are guests. So I've always found this really interesting sort of thread of of theater in amongst all the hospitality sort of spaces that I've worked in. But particularly uh, Street Feast sort of nurtured a lot of creativity for me. So Street Feast was a really interesting job that I had. And what we used to do was take over big derelict car parks and warehouses and we'd build these big street food venues. And within them, we had these lovely wine bars. And what we used to do was serve sort of incredible, you know, first growth Bordeaux and Riedel glassware, but in these really interesting spaces and I think I loved that sort of dichotomy between luxury and in these really interesting sort of theatrical rough around the edges kind of spaces and that sort of 
spurred on this creative drive to combine the worlds of, you know, luxury and and creativity and theatre and humour. And I always wanted to make wine accessible. And that sort of helped me spur on these sort of creative events. Well, it's it's such a great idea. I am anyone who listens to me regularly knows that this is one of my big bugbears, sort of taking the pretentiousness out of out of wine. Uh, and it's meant to be fun. You know, we've we've been drinking wine, sharing wine for you know thousands of years. It shouldn't be this stuffy thing. How did you originally get interested in wine? I know you're from the west of Ireland. How did you get to London and get interested in wine? Well, I had my first job in hospitality when I was about 14 years old. So I think we all did. Yeah, <laughs> worked uh, pulling pints in the local pub at 14. And and uh, and I worked in hospitality since then, you know, all throughout university. And I studied theatre and then came to London and like every struggling actor, worked in hospitality. And whilst I was in London, I realised you could have a career in wine and you could study it. And and I fell in love with it. And I fell in love with the theatre of wine. You know, I think wine is inherently theatrical. Um, the sort of rituals and theatrics of opening a bottle and the descriptors and just the nature of wine. And it all kind of came 360 for me with theatre and with wine and spurred on this uh, sort of hilarious career that I've created for myself really but yeah London has nurtured that creativity and it's an incredible place to test out ideas that you might have it's really fantastic it's just a melting pot well I loved the years that I lived in London so um, I completely understand it is much more about a free space in terms of giving you room for a creative voice and, and experimenting I, I love what you said about wine being theatrical. I think that's really true, and, and we tend to forget that, the joy of the actual acts of opening the bottle and pouring and sharing and tasting. But now I have to get to the crux of this because I'm trying to be calm, but I really I really have to hear, how on earth did you come up with Dragon Wine? I know, you know you, you've been doing these things on Amazon Prime with the three drinkers. You know, I am a huge fan of the three drinkers. Um, I've had Helen and Nicklin as a guest on Voices in the Past. So is that where you met Vanity Von Glow? You know, what's the backstory here? How did we get to drag and wine? So Vanity and I have been friends for a long time, actually. So we we would have met when I first came to London. Um, my brother, Duncan Brickenden, he was the artistic coordinator for Pride in London. And he is a an incredible musician. He's a pianist. And whilst he was studying in the Royal Academy, he was accompanying a lot of musicians and a lot of the drag queens in Soho. And me being the younger sister who arrived in London, spent many a, many a night hanging around the pianos, wigs flying everywhere um, and holding the bar up. So I've been infiltrating the drag queens of Soho for about 12 years now altogether. And Vanity and I became very good friends. And... Vanity is this incredible drag queen from Scotland as well. Um, so has a brilliant Celtic uh, lean into humour, very witty and an incredible, incredible sort of theatrical, fantastic voice, sings live and really into food and wine. So 
over the years we've shared many a bottle together and I just realized as I was creating these wine tastings I was like you can you can have these incredible wine tastings but the second you bring a drag queen into any situation people relax and just know it's going to be a bit of fun and you're just going to inject that that crack and that raucous humor and we just started to test it out and then went from there. Such a great backstory. I just, I love it. This is wonderful. Uh, and I didn't realize that Duncan Brickenden was your brother. So um, kudos to him for being the coordinator of London Pride, which is one of the biggest in the world and, and one of the most important and inspirational. So give us a quick peek into a dragon wine event. You know, who are your guests? How do you run the tastings? What's the banter like between you and Vanity? How does this go? I, mean, I have got to attend. That's that's definitely on the card. Oh, we'll get you over. Absolutely. So um, we, do sh- we do shows for anywhere from sort of small, private, you know, 20 guest shows where we might be doing Super Tuscans all the way up to shows where for, we'll be doing a tasting for 250 people. So it, there's a real spectrum that we work with. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. And we've sort of mastered adaptability. We have a structure of the show and of the tasting, but really it's Vanity and I ad-libbing and playing with our audience. So we'll taste through a structure of wines and we'll use, you know, the WSCT as a kind of backbone to to teaching people how to taste, although we uh, definitely diversify um, quite a lot from the language. But we have a very sort of um, set structure and we've really refined it. But everything sort of in between, all the meatiness is very much based on our audience and our guests and size of our audience and how much we play with them. And then the banter between Vanity and I is, uh, is a lot of fun um, We because of our, the nature of our friendship. Uh, we we tread the line with each other a lot and we surprise each other a lot and we have a lot of fun together and our whole thing is about being friends with the audience and accessibility there it's not us presenting to the audience it's us um, enjoying the show and the wine with the audience and very much interacting and engaging so it's a lot of fun it sounds so appealing that kind of ability to, to make the audience feel as if they're included. They're not just listening or not just watching. They're actually participating and engaging. And it's not easy to do. And I present a lot of wine events too. And it takes time and effort to put yourself out there and be open and draw people in and, and get them, as you said, playing along with you. So this is you know something that's a real skill that I think people don't appreciate sometimes. So obviously your theatrical background will play into it. So I can imagine, I can imagine this. So I know that you took Dragon Wine to Edinburgh Fringe Festival. For people who don't know the Fringe Festival, that is 
a festival that I am a huge fan of. Some of my daughters have lived in Edinburgh, so I've been able to attend a couple of times. It takes place in August and is comprised of all these pop-up locations all over town, uh, doing all kinds of poetry and theater and drama and acting and comedy and everything you can ever imagine. Really great. And I know that you went last year and you're scheduled to go this year, so you must be going shortly because I know it, it opens soon. So tell us how it went last year, what the reception was the Edinburgh crowd can be a, a tricky crowd. How did it go for Dragon Wine at the Fringe last year? It was brilliant. It was, uh, it, yeah, we, we had no idea what to expect. Um, and I suppose that's that's the risk you take with the Edinburgh Fringe, but it's also fantastic because it's the perfect place to test out your material and see how, how people react to it. And I must say, Edinburgh was thirsty last year and we had so much fun with them and um, I mean the the population of the city grows by I think something crazy like two million every year with the fringe but the the thing about the fringe and the wonderful thing about the fringe is that people who go to the Edinburgh fringe go with a fantastic uh, attitude towards shows and an, and an incredible open-mindedness and there's a sense of adventure when with people who go to the fringe because a lot of the fringe is um is you know you you walk off the street into a random little spot and you don't know what you're going to get in terms of performance and it could be awful it could be fantastic so when you go you have to have this sort of this open-mindedness and and that sense of adventure of not of unknowing so we loved doing the fringe last year and we're going back again this year and we're doubling our capacity we're in a new venue we're going to get in some guest performers this year as well we're working with some new wines so we're really really excited and I think the fringe just brings this incredible energy to to Edinburgh it's fantastic it it really is. It's it's one of my favorite things to do, um, and just the opportunity to be completely spontaneous for a few days and pop in and out of various things. So, so how does how does it work for Dragon Wine? Do you, are, are your audiences wine tasting during your performance? What kind of wines are you dealing with? Who's who's going to be your guest performers? Or if it's a secret, we won't we won't blow the surprise. But how does it work? Like how does it actually function? Because I've been in some of these places. Some of the venues are tiny. Some are big. How are you doing wine tasting? Um. So we tend to work with uh, restaurants or um, sort of venues that have the capacity to <clears throat> to host wine tasting so less of a kind of theater style venue where people are sort of facing us I much prefer to host in big restaurants with Tuscan tables that have people in groups that will then engage with each other as well so it brings a little bit more life to it and it's less of us presenting and much more sort of people engaging with each other as well and we incorporate a lot of our venues sort of narrative and style into our show. So last year we worked with a gorgeous Italian restaurant called Mono. Unfortunately, it has closed. Um, but we so, so we worked with uh, Liberty Wines predominantly and had some fantastic Italian numbers. We worked with Donna Fugata, so Sicilian wines. A fantastic winery, I have to say. Fantastic winery. And uh, we worked with Amano as well, uh, that winery from Puglia. 
Yes. So we did some great sort of off the beaten track Italian wines and people would taste three per show. So, you know, we'll kick off, we'll do a white, a rosy, a red, we'll do a really fun wine pairing in, in there as well. And then we do tasting, no competitions, but we try and work in collaboration with our venues to make sure to make sure we, we get across the narrative of the space as well. And I find that's really, uh, it's fantastic because it means every different venue we work with and every space we work with creates a different show. So this year we're working with a venue called Monbado. So it's in the Hilton, in the Doubletree Hilton, which is in the shadow of the castle. It should be fantastic. We're, we're really looking forward to a new venue, a new space. It'll be 100 capacity. So when we have a packed out show, you can imagine the energy is uh, great. And we'll have some fantastic guest performers like local, other local drag queens, but also we'll bring in some local fringe performers as well who can promote their own shows. They can come in and do a little set or come in and have a glass of wine with us and the audience sort of thing. So yeah, we're switching it up and testing some new bits out this. That sounds fantastic and exciting. I mean, I love the energy in your voice when you talk about it because it's uh, it's not easy to do to perform. You know, people don't really realize how long the fringe goes on for, and to you know have a, a tasting element in there. I love the wine tasting notes competition. That sounds fun. It's a lot of fun. Yes. So last year we we were doing it that we were we were handing out these little tasting cards and people were writing down their tasting notes and we'd collect them and, and read them out. But uh, people would also write in their, their accents. So it, it would be really fun to read out tasting cards. This year we have a uh, a live feed. So people have will have a QR code on their on their tables and they'll be able to send in live tasting notes, which will come up on this big feed that we'll be able to read out. So it's a lot of fun. They can write tasting notes on the wines, on, on vanity, on myself and uh, on each other. It becomes quite hilarious. That sounds epic. I'm, I'm delighted about this. Uh, and I, I hope it goes really well. I will definitely be telling my little clutch of, of Edinburgh friends and family and colleagues that they need to check this out since I can't get there this year. Uh, but what's, what's coming next for Dragon Wine? After um, the festival, I'm sure you'll be exhausted for a while. Um, how are you going to grow this like, incredible idea? You know, it's an amazing brand. How are you going to move it forward? What are your hopes and dreams for next moves? So we're testing out a new show this year as well. We're sort of on the, on the sidelines of the fringe, on the fringes of the fringe. <laughs> um, we're testing out drag queen whiskey tasting. Ah, okay. Yeah, we're diversifying a little bit. So we're going to test it out, see how it goes. We're going to um, link up with two fantastic whiskey makers and suppliers in Scotland and see how we get on. And, and I think we'll, we'll work from there. But we've streamlined and we've refined our, our show, The Drag Queen Wine Tasting. And I suppose the next move next year is we're looking at, um, at heading international which will be difficult because Vanity is always known as internationally ignored superstar. But if we go international, <laughs> she won't be internationally ignored. I think that might be something she's willing to drop if you shoot to fame. I think yeah, she can have that one. So, so yeah, so we're going to diversify a little bit into spirits as well and, and look at international shows and just keep, keep growing, keep developing, keep adding new material, keep working with new 
with new wineries and suppliers as well. That sounds amazing. Uh, I can't wait to see where this goes and, and how it grows. I hope that it does turn a little more international. You know, I can see this being a Vegas hit for sure, but lots of other, other ways to grow upwards and outwards um, with this amazing idea. And I can't thank you enough for being so creative, so open and so accessible, bringing people in. I loved what you said about letting them walk away from the framework of the WSET tasting structure, which is, you know, just that. It's a good framework to learn from, but the fun and the excitement comes when you start to make it your own. So I'm sure you have done that. And I'm really looking forward to catching up with you in person as soon as I can make it to London or to Edinburgh. So all our very best wishes. Oh, thank you so much. Likewise. And thanks for coming on today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and remember to tune in next Wednesday when I'll be chatting with another fascinating guest. Italian Wine Podcast is among the leading wine podcasts in the world and the only one with a daily show. Tune in every day and discover all our different shows. You can find us at italianwinepodcast.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, Himalaya, or wherever you get your pods.